Welcome to 45 Forward, the beginning of the rest of your life. Each week, host Ron Roel and his guests discuss topics of interest to many listeners in their 40s and beyond, including retirement, caring for aging parents, health, lifestyle, and more. It's time to think ahead to the next half of your life, and we'll help you plan it with ease. Now, here is Ron Roel. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make the second half of life even better than the first. Navigating one's career all the way through to retirement can be challenging and unpredictable, but also rewarding and inspiring, given the many societal shifts we're facing these days. Industries are undergoing rapid change across continents. Companies and their employees are choosing new models of hybrid work schedules. Artificial intelligence is revolutionizing jobs and tasks across the economy. And as human longevity continues to increase, so too does the likelihood that we will have multiple careers in our lifetime. In today's episode, Lisa Strauss-Lawrence, a career counseling expert and the owner of Go Career Compass, talks about how people can traverse a journey of careers that often shift dramatically as we move from our 40s to our 60s and beyond. The author of the recently published Career Journeys from the Ground Up, Lisa will offer a compendium of vivid stories from her book and will be joined by one of the book's participants, Les Wolf, owner of Les Wolf Sports, who will relate his own personal journey. Lisa who is making her third appearance on 45 Forward, also will provide advice on how to learn from others' experiences, as well as your own mistakes and misdirection, and how to transfer your skills and interest to make the career transitions you're looking for. Career experts stress that we should do what we love, and we will love what we do. Finding that path, however, is not always so easy, but Lisa's goal is to guide you along the way, no matter what your age. So now, folks, it's time to meet Lisa Strauss-Lawrence and Les Wolf. Lisa and Les, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ron. Thank you for having it's us, nice Ron. To be here. It's a pleasure to have you guys. So, um, so yeah, I gave a little bit of intro for you, but um, I always like to have our guests uh, start off with a little bit of an intro from their own perspective, rather than me read their resume. Just tell mm-hmm. how, you, how you got to where you are today, and I know that Lisa's got a little bit of a journey, and and Les has got his own distinct journey. So, Lisa, you start, and then uh, we'll switch to Les, and then zoom into the show. Sure. So some people have no clue what they want to be when they grow up. I always knew what I wanted to be, but it was not a straight and narrow path. So preschool education was going to be it. That was true as a child and high school. And I told my my guidance counselor that. And in 1972, I went to Syracuse University, the best school in the country for early childhood. I got the best education in the country. I came out in 1976. And guess what? No jobs. (laughs) <laughs> uh, nobody told me the fact that there were no preschool education jobs at that time. And in fact, schools were closing down their early childhood programs. So I went back to my friend, uh, who was my friendly guidance counselor in high school. And she had gone to France with us and Spain with us when we went on trips. So she knew me very well. And I knew her as well. And I said to her, Elmira, why didn't you tell me that there were no jobs in preschool education? And do you know what she said to me? She said to me, that wasn't my job, Lisa. Wow. (laughs) So I said, what was your job, Elmira? And she said, it was to get you into college. And that's what I did. She said, I didn't have to worry about you. You weren't a truant. You didn't have any family problems. You loved school. You did well. And so I did my job. And here's what I learned from that. (laughs) You have to take responsibility for your own situation. Yeah. Research, research. And that's today, uh, in the future, um, there's a lot that happens in a career and in our economy. And so it's very important that you do the research and you find out, had I known that at the time, I would have gone to special needs, might have gone to reading, uh, you know, help reading. I mean, there were many things that I could have done in early childhood and not become just a preschool teacher. So, and I did do one year in preschool education and that school went bankrupt. There's a good indication that this was not going to be my career. Right. So I did my master's and specialized in career counseling. I knew that I did not want others to feel that they had failed. Um, And I felt that I was not in control and I wanted people to control their destinies. Right. So I studied at uh, NYIT to get this uh, position, to get this degree. Mm -hmm. And I applied it to everything that I did and whoever I saw. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. Great. Yeah. So we'll, we'll come back and we'll pick up some uh, threads from this later. But I wanted to get uh, 
a lesson there and have a little bit of his backstory, and then we'll uh, go switch back and forth between you guys. So go ahead, Les. Well, first off, <clears throat> my name is Les from Les Wolf Sports. My business makes every day memorable by keeping you connected to your memories from your childhood. These memories are connected through collecting memorabilia. Mm-hmm. I'm your go-to person on how to collect, invest, protect, and preserve your collectibles, which I've been collecting since I was six years old. So now it's over 64 years. I appraise, I auction, I'm an agent, I buy, collect, sell, trade some of the finest collectibles ever seen in the industry. From famous contracts of athletes to celebrities to presidents, photos, letters, baseballs, uh, etc. From Muhammad Ali to Mickey Mantle to Babe Ruth. I've even sold a used jock strap, huh. stained, uh, dirty, sta- dirty shorts that were worn in fights, broken bats, mouth guards, just about anything you've ever heard of Jimmy's or seen. So I've handled just about everything. I mean, a dirty jock uh, story that I have to tell you is pretty funny. um, I do a lot with boxing. A boxing uh, Mm -hmm. promoter called me to his house. He wanted me, takes me to his master bedroom. I found that a little weird, but comes, it pulls out from underneath the uh, bottom of the uh, drawer, this dirty jock strap. And it's in a Ziploc bag. I said, okay, what the heck is this? Well, it was fully documented. It is the it was the jock strap that Joe Frazier wore when he beat Muhammad Ali. Mm. So uh, I put that in an auction, and you'll never believe who bought that. Joe Frazier or, or Rip, Ali Ripley, Ripley's, believe it or not. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just, I mean, I got stories like that all day. Yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's just fun parts. Yeah, uh, being with Muhammad Ali and. Uh, you know, I, the first time I ever met him, I cut school when he lost to Joe Frazier in the fight of the century. Got mm-hmm. my picture in the paper, hid that picture from my parents huh. for a couple of years. And then uh, then I showed it to them. So then when I, when I didn't, knew I wouldn't get in trouble. Yeah. And I yeah. Became, built a relationship with Muhammad. I did a TNT special on uh, TNT a- after the 96 Olympics with my memorabilia. Muhammad was on it. Wow. Wow. Well, we're going to get back to some of your stories, but I'm going to switch back to Lisa and just, so you are one of the participants in uh, 14 participants in her book. So let me just ask you, Lisa. So how did you develop the book and how did you pick the people in it like less? Uh, and, and what was it like developing the book as you went along? Yes. First, let me explain that a career counselor is not a placement person. Mm-hmm. It's not a career coach. It's somebody who actually guides people, helps them find their passion by identifying their skills, their personality, their priorities, their likes, dislikes. So I understood how important it was that you have a full approach, not just, okay, I took this strong Campbell test and this is what I like. This is what I'm interested in. That's not it. That's not enough. Right. You really have to get to know people and you have to know their risk tolerance too. Some people at certain stages in their life are willing to take more risks and others say, no way. I have to pay bills. I have things to do. So I, you know, I'm concerned about that. Um, so I've read a lot of career books. There are a lot of very good ones on the market. Um, but I'll tell you what I thought was missing. I felt that people's stories, um, the lessons that they learned, what was happening in their lives, how they came to where they are now, um, and all the, I'll call it twists and turns of a career, I thought those were very important for other people to hear. And so I decided this number one should be an interview format uh, so that people could read the interviews. And number two, I wanted a diverse group of people. So I know less through Winning on Wednesday, that's the WOW group. I know other people through some of my positions and occupations, and other people referred people to me. Mm-hmm. So I wanted a balance, seven and seven. I wanted age diversity, 27 to 85, mm-hmm. and I wanted diversity. And that means different racial backgrounds, different um, you know, backgrounds growing up. Um, you know, everything about them needed to be representative of many different kinds of people who are out there so that people could identify. The commonalities, of course, are that we all think it's going to be a straight and narrow path, and that's not true. And we all don't realize how important it is to have a plan B. Plan A doesn't always work out. I wanted this, I wanted that, um, and then it's not available. That's mm-hmm. my example. 
And for me, I ended up doing marketing. I never took a marketing course in my life. I ended up owning five businesses. I have a not-for-profit background. I was in preschool education, secondary education, post-secondary education. You know, so when we talk about transferable skills later, I'll help mm-hmm. people out trying to figure that out. But the the most important part of the book is learning from other people's journeys. And the second part of the book is to discover your own path. And mm-hmm. I have exercises and activities so that people can take themselves through, you know, a, a concerted way of figuring out, okay, so what are my alternatives and what do I mm-hmm. face doing mm-hmm. those things? Right. Um, and, and, and again, priorities are different at different stages in your life. And that's very important to know. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's no yeah. one way to do this. And, um, uh, but I think that you're, I think you're right about you know using stories as as a way to to make your point because that's what people relate to as you said you know they you can give them advice and you do there's advice in the book as well but if you just have people talk about their lives it just lights them up it's like oh I see it now I can an example of how this can be done or or uh, learning from from your your mistakes um, now I know that. Um, so less you, you so one your one approach, but you, but you've actually uh, been uh, in a, in the same career for a while. But I'm sure it's had lots of twists and turns over the years, right? As technology has changed, the industry oh, has yeah, changed. Definitely. So how have you how how has your business evolved over the years? Well, I started out as a collector, never real, <clears throat> never thinking that it has become a business. You know, mm-hmm. I went to college, was a phys ed teacher didn't realize that I wouldn't be able to uh, get a permanent uh, job teaching. Uh, and I just, I just started collecting and mm. not, not realizing that it would take me out of growing up in the projects in Queens and it would put me through college. It would help me buy my house, buy my car, support a family. You know, I didn't realize that, you know, just from getting someone's signature, be, be friend, befriending the athlete and, progressing from there i mean in in the early 80s i was walking in the city and i walked by phillips gallery and i saw toy soldiers and a couple little bits of sports memorabilia i went into the gallery and i said can we just do sport can i do a sports auction negotiating i did three or four auctions for phillips gallery i started my own company with an ex-partner of mine sports auctions of new york and Mm. that was the first in the country in the world for that matter that just all sports yeah. And that I don't need to say anymore what's gone on with that with that industry. And, and then I was also the first appraiser of sports memorabilia. And I traveled the country with ESPN Cox Communication telling people what memorabilia was worth, hoping for it to become a TV show. Unfortunately, it didn't become a TV show, but I got some great experience, got to travel the country, and I saw some amazing memorabilia. And every yeah. time I set up, I also do a, a class that I developed after Hurricane Sandy where I teach people how to collect, invest, but most important, how to protect and preserve their memorabilia, not uh-huh. just sports. Yeah. So uh, I'm doing, I do that in libraries and uh, men's clubs or anybody who wants to listen. And that is really uh, what I really enjoy loving to hear in the stories. Yeah. Especially, especially, you know, I had this one woman that came that uh, her husband passed away. Her son said, come to the lecture and check out and tell me what you think. And she wasn't a collector. But she had a St. Anthony's medal in, in her pocket mm. that her husband used to carry around when he passed away. So I said, do you collect anything? She said, no, but I have this in my pocket. I said, well, that's a collectible. I mm. said, take that out of your pocket, get a chain. It's a little little charm there. I said, put that on your, on your necklace, but, you know, wear that around. And, you know, th- those kind of stories, you know, hit you in the heart. And it really shows you that everybody really does truly collect something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think what you're demonstrating is that even, you know, people say, oh, well, Les has been in this business a long time. Well, but it's evolved. And, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of career um, paths are developed by just paying attention <laughs> to to things that around you and paying attention to yourself. You know, I mean, they, they, so there are sort of accidental careers, but also they're not accident followed by intentionality that you really you know you work on something so um i think that those are great stories we'll we'll, we'll get back to some of your stories less um uh let me uh, just uh, get back to lisa for a second before we we take our break and just say um so you, you, the the participants in your book you say are, are seven seven men seven women right that's right that's and right. um 10 from new york 10 from, 10 from new york Long Island, and okay. four from out of town 
One okay. from Canada, one from Hawaii, and two from Colorado. Yeah. Um, how did you find these other folks from abroad? Many of them were recommended to me. Okay. Okay. From other people. Yeah. And people I don't think you need a, you don't need a ton of them, but I think you you know good sampling that people can take lessons from. So um, uh, one of the things I wanted to, to pick up from is uh you know so you mentioned uh, yeah so having examples and people's stories you could learn from people's stories and you could learn from their successes and i think in in many cases you learn more about their setbacks uh, than from their successes so talk a little bit about how you use setbacks or obstacles to um to learn about that and you know what i think i'm gonna hold that thought though uh, we're going to talk because there's a lot to talk about in that in this segment about obstacles and setbacks and how you uh, make the most of them. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking much more with um, Lisa uh, Strauss Lawrence uh, and Les Wolf about careers and how we uh, navigate them and how we move forward and how we readjust whenever we need to. So don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. told me Voice America is on X. Follow us at Voice America TRN. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more. We'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Feng Shui Way to Peace, Balance, and Abundance with Catherine Dean is about bringing the benefits of Feng Shui to the forefront, allowing everyone with an interest to learn and understand how its principles can work in one's day-to-day life. We'll demystify Feng Shui, show its many applications, and allow the listener to understand how and why it is so useful. The goal is to educate, entertain, and spread the word about using Feng Shui Way to bring about peace, balance, and abundance to one's life. The Feng Shui Way with Catherine Dean, Fridays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Lisa Strauss-Lawrence about how we can navigate a better, more rewarding career as we move forward. She's the author of of, uh, her book is called uh, Career Journeys from the Ground Up. And we also have with her one of her participants in the book, Les Wolf of Les Wolf Sports. So before the break, we were talking about, um, you know, how you progress forward and face the inevitable obstacles and challenges and setbacks and things that you didn't expect and and what you can learn from these experiences. So talk a little bit about that, Lisa, from your own perspective. And then then I'm going to bring Les in, too, to talk about some of his experiences. So let's just talk about discrimination. How's that? Okay. Uh, commonality in the book, um, religious discrimination, racial discrimination, gender discrimination. It's all over. It's all over the book. And each person had to figure out how to overcome that. Mm-hmm. Um, the the youngest, per- the second youngest, 30-year-old black lawyer who has her own practice right now was told by her uh, some people in her school, we don't need black lawyers. Why don't mm-hmm. you study to be something else? I mean, and she wanted to be a lawyer from the time she was very young and overcame that had discrimination in some of her jobs um you know religious discrimination i'm sure that les can mention that situation lack of family support many of the people said that their parents expected them to be such and such and that's not at all what they were interested in which is why i wrote the parent ten commandments in the book 
The, the second part has a lot of different uh, areas that will be helpful to people. And parent 10 commandments is thou shall and thou shalt not five mm -hmm. of each. Um, if you want to support your kids, you got to know them. You got to figure out who they are, support who they are and stop worrying about what everybody else says. And then you also have health concerns. I'm one of the people in my book overcame CP. I mean, he's had over 20 operations mm -hmm. and many health crises, and yet he's overcome that, has done very well in his life. And, um, you know, he continues to uh, accelerate um, his career as a patient advocate. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot in here to be, you know, when people say, oh, woe is me, uh, you know, I have the worst situation. Uh, then you start reading people's experiences. You know, most people had no career guidance. Where do you get career guidance from? Who tells you the different options? Mm -hmm. How come everybody's asked to go to college and has no clue? And how come people end up with college debt and they end up not even using the degree that they you know, studied for? Well, that's because they've had absolutely no guidance at all. And right. that's a terrible situation because yeah. they've not been allowed to explore. Right. I don't even understand why everybody has to go at that point. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with taking a year off like the gap year that's mm -hmm. in Europe. Mm -hmm. and exploring what you enjoy jobs or community service or anything like that yeah so you know the the book really shows that you're not alone support is very important mm -hmm. you're not alone people have overcome all kinds of expectations uh situations that were what i call detours mm -hmm. in their mm -hmm. lives you know things happen and they didn't they had no clue that that was going to happen one person was told they only had six months to live and it turned out to be the wrong medical diagnosis and that they had to prepare their family and everything in their lives for that diagnosis so there's so many things that can happen in your life that end up you know uh basically uh you know what are you going to do yeah. and how are you going to respond yeah. yeah and that's, that's you know listen you either sink or swim mm -hmm. okay i started my first career um and that was a goat that was uh career aid my first business after my father died of a heart attack i was i was 30 years old he was 57 and he died suddenly on a vacation mm -hmm. and i turned to my bosses and said i'm giving you six months notice i will train whoever you want me to you know to train but i'm leaving and i'm starting mm -hmm. my own company yeah. so you don't know what's going to happen in your life you don't know how you're going to respond but i'll tell you one thing you must be flexible you must be open you must be you know open to risk taking and maybe even failing mm -hmm. because it's okay to fail right. you learn a lot from that i was fired from four jobs mm -hmm. none of them were my fault mm -hmm. but now i understand better right be, so, you know because of who i was my energy and everything else that i was a threat to some people mm -hmm. not my fault but that's the situation yeah yeah so let me let me take a pause here and just bring less into the conversation uh, now you're very successful now but i'm sure you had a lot of bumps along the way and how did you respond to these what were some of the obstacles and challenges you faced because because you, mm -hmm. you had a job too and then you took a risk and you started your own company well what's interesting though is growing up uh you tell people you're just getting people's autographs. Everybody laughs at you, hmm. you know, and I grew up in the projects in uh, Pominock in Queens. So hmm. I didn't, I didn't come from much and I kind of used the business, the money I earned to help my parents also. But what was interesting was, is back then all the girls that I'd want to go out with or want to meet or some guys I wanted to be friends with, you know, would disassociate themselves and they, oh, he's just getting autographs or something. Or he's, you know, he's going to become a teacher or something. Eh, forget about him. What ironically, though, is I have the last laugh on a lot of them. You know, years later, uh, I met some of them and, uh, you know, they, they, the impressions that people make as a kid and as a teenager and as an adult, they change, but they base it upon what, you know, what they see of, of, of that person. So, and the discriminations, you know, I played, I grew up in a, in a highly mixed, uh, Pominock, mm -hmm. you know, even just to play basketball on a basketball court, I had a knife pulled on me one time. Mm -hmm. So, you, you know, you never know where things are going to lead and, and collecting memorabilia, you know, you know, it gave me an outlet and, and becoming friends with like the Muhammad Ali's and the Mickey Mantles and the Joe Namitz and the Dusty Bakers and guys like that some of which I'm still friends with and Rick Barry, it, it just shows that, you know, you can turn something that you love, mm -hmm. you know, and turn it into a business, but not realize it, but you can really enjoy it. And I, I tell a lot of people that I meet and kids and my own kids, 
uh, do something that you love. You know, if it's not making money right now, you know, one day it will make money. I mean, my younger son had a business, graduated college. It didn't work out with him and his partners. He spent some time worrying about that and moving on, but he moved on. And now if you follow um, Immaculate Grid or Wordle, he does crossover grid where he makes up games for all sports, movies, and celebrity and TV. And he's doing, he's highly successful in that now. Mm-hmm. So you, what I think the biggest thing that Lisa and everybody in his book have done is they've turned negative things in their life into positive things. And we're here to help everybody out there. And mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing that we can do. Not only helping our own, helping our own children, family, relatives, it's just helping everybody out there. And that's one of the things that I, I have to say that I absolutely adore about Lisa and I love her. And she's, she's just, she's just a great woman and great individual. And uh, I'm not, I'm not here just to be her fan club, but I really am her, her number one fan. And mm-hmm. I tell everybody how wonderful person she is. And she's here from whether you're going through a, you know, someone that passed away or you, or you just had your first child or you just got married. She's just a wonderful person. Thank you, Les. I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. My well, whole uh, objective in life is to change people and to help them live their lives as fully as they can. You know, it's interesting. You are a product, obviously, of what you grew up with. My mother died when I was two. My father died when I was 30. My new mom died when I was 46. And my husband died when I was 55. I understand the preciousness of life. And I think about all those people who go every day to a job that they hate. Or, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to do next. And if they could just step back and start thinking about what they like and dislike and what their personality is and what kinds of dreams they have. I mean, I have inventories like that, getting to know yourself better. And if you don't know yourself, ask the people who love you and care about you because they know you really well. And you have to be honest with yourself. And are you willing to take risks? Because nothing is guaranteed. You know, look at Les. I mean, people, (laughs) now he has the last laugh. Okay, he's done exactly what he loved and he made it into a viable business. Mm -hmm. And I always say, do what you love and love what you do. So, you know, people need to look at the volunteer work they've done. Don't just look at the jobs they've done. Look at the volunteer work. Look at all the community service they've done. Take a good, complete inventory of everything that they are and who they are. And I bet they'll learn a lot about themselves. Yeah. And then and then really see that those skills are transferable. You know, transferable skills are everywhere. Just people don't understand. I've always been a something. Well, you don't have to be that. You can take those skills that you have, problem solving skills and organizational skills and management skills, leadership skills. They're so transferable to many other careers. And all you have to do is believe in yourself and get out there. And by the way, I absolutely networking relationship building those are the most important things and then mm-hmm. how you're seen your reputation is everything mm-hmm. social media google yourself and you'll see what your social media reputation is yeah. i mean everyone should have a really good linkedin profile everyone should have a professional facebook profile um and so what i try to do is encourage people to really explore themselves understand where they are um and and truly get support Look for support systems Mm -hmm. so that you're not alone saying, you know, climbing this hill saying, I'll never do this. I'll never be able to, you know, change this. And by the way, talk about resumes, just a quickie. I don't believe chronological resumes. That is just a job application. I believe in a functional resume, which demonstrates your skills. It's Mm -hmm. always about how you stand out. What makes you different from others? Why would somebody hire you? Because you have value. What is that value that you're providing? Make that very, very clear to whoever it is that you're um, trying to uh, to work for. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things, a uh, piece of advice I uh, learned years ago when I was sitting in a, on a career uh, course. This is like late '80s, I think. But um, the people running the course um, made a good point, which is um, when is when you talk about being aware of yourself and your skills and your passions. They said, you know, when you do an inventory of your your life, of what you, look at what you've done, not just what you think, but look at what things you've done. And they they could be jobs, but they can be anything in your life that you actually did something, you took action and did something. And I think it's that you know the behavior really shows, um, you know, where you are. You know, so I mean, I think in in, in Les's case, you know, he always collected. He was he was doing something and paying attention that he was always doing that. 
you know, it wasn't just thinking about it. He did it. So, and he, you notice the pattern like, hey, I keep doing this stuff. It must be important. I must really care about it. And I think uh, that's, again, sort of noticing, you're <laughs> taking the time to notice who you are, you know, and, yes. and take action on it. Yeah. And there's another thing about age. You know, we all change our values and our priorities as we age. So we have to figure out, okay, so what's important to us at this point in our lives? And it may not be the same thing as in five years from now. Right. You know, and so we need to find the right things. And people have hobbies and interests, and they need to look at those things, too. Let's pretend that people need to pay. You know, I have a whole thing about here. What's the difference between a job and a career? Okay, that's very right. clear. Not yeah. so clear to students, but it's very clear to all of us. Right. And you and so find something maybe on the side that gives you more satisfaction and gratification if the j- daily job doesn't because you need it to pay the bills. I have to be realistic. I tell people to look at an inventory of how important things are to you. You know, is it money? Is it work-life balance? Is it your risk-taking? What's important at this point in your life? And then take it again because in another three years, it's going to change. Yeah. You have to evolve and uh, at the changes as well. Yeah. I think that, uh, look, look, one of the reasons I my show is 45 Forward is because I do think that that's sort of an inflection point in a lot of people's lives. You know, you, you look at where you are and like, huh, okay. Uh, first of all, you realize that you've got a lot of life left to live, you know, and what are you going to do? Are you going to keep doing the same things? And in some cases, it's like, it's a time to really, and sometimes it happens unintentionally, get laid off, you know, as, as or fired as, as you experience a number of situations. So um, it, it is a time to really rethink things. Um, and There are and some it, very lucky people, Ron, like my partner, who's for 51 years has been a printer. Mm-hmm. I would have predicted that business would have gone under many years ago when the computer came out. And yet he's still getting jobs. Right. So. But you have to adapt, right? You know, yeah, but are... his guidance counselor told him, his guidance counselor told him that he uh, should go to college and forget this printing thing. <laughs> he loved printing. Why would somebody say that to him? This printing thing. Yeah. <laughs> forget yeah. this printing thing. Yeah, for, You're too for... educated to do that. Yeah. Forget this autograph thing, Les. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. We got to choose the people we listen to very carefully. Yeah. Really. Yeah. 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 And any thoughts, Les, on what you learned from other people reading the book about other people? Basically, what they, you know, what they've been through uh, mm-hmm. to accomplish what they've done. I mean, um, it's just very interesting um, that Lisa was able to captivate people from all across the world mm-hmm. and in all different areas and all different race creeds. And but the similar the similar thing was that I have to say is. It's mainly is the perseverance, mm. and that's the one key that that really, in, in order to make you successful, uh, you got to really persevere. And that, without persevering, and without you know, if I would if I would allow the word no every time I heard someone say to me, "No, you can't do that. You won't achieve anything," then I wouldn't have gotten anywhere. I mm-hmm. mean. Growing up, you know, this, as Lisa mentioned, with a with a with a significant other, uh, you know, with printing, you know, it, it, everybody is short sighted. They don't realize, like you know, even uh, Alexander Graham Bell you know, or Albert Einstein, any of their things. You know, no one ever thought that they'd be successful at what they were doing. They just persevered, right. and by. Uh, by continuing, continually fighting through it and making things happen, right? And yeah, I, I, th- I think I think the key thing is, in you got, one thing, you have to be creative, but you have to be innovative to be creative in order right. to really achieve. Yeah, yeah. So good. Um, so uh, on that note, I think we're going to take another short break. Uh, we still have a lot more to talk about, so uh, don't go away. Uh, we'll be talking much more with Lisa Strauss Lawrence and Les Wolf after the break. see what voice america is up to behind the scenes follow us on tiktok at voice america talk radio you will never be as young as you are today we're all getting older no matter what age we are each passing year brings a new set of challenges fears beauty and joy 
tune in to The Old Show with 62-year-old host Jody Harrison-Bauer and her 30-year-old daughter Lexi as they talk all things aging to help you march fearlessly into your next chapter. Old, Wednesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business, and the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45 Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking today with Lisa Strauss-Lawrence, a career counselor uh, who has uh, written uh, recently a book about uh, finding your career path, and Les Wolf, who is one of the participants and one of the people who is in the book. Um, Privileged to have both of them on my show. And before the break, we were talking about um, uh, a number of things that I wanted to continue talking about, especially uh, Lisa mentioned the idea of, of gap years. Now, this is something that um, has become uh, I think somewhat popular among students when before they, if they go to college and then before they go on to graduate school or whatever, med school, whatever, like well, take a pause and think about what you wanted to do. It seems to me that this is something that a lot of people could use. If Sometimes it's hard to afford it, but if you can take some time uh, as your career progresses to pause and see what you like doing, uh, do you love what you're doing? Are there things that you would love more to doing? And is, there, is, it, is it okay to take the risk to do that? So talk about, is this a more of a trend? And are people, um, I think people are t- doing a little bit more, at least, right? I think that the pandemic made people think a little bit more about these issues, about okay, how am I spending my life? What am I doing? What do I really want to do? How do I want to spend life, which could be precious and could be gone in, in an instant? So talk a little bit about, about this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually started Go Career Compass in June of 2020. Oh. So um, I'm one of those people. But I think that you need to step back and actually talk to people in different fields. Um, I mentioned about being a mentor to someone and I've had, uh, you know, I have a mentor myself. Mm -hmm. So that mentor can guide you. They know who you are and what you enjoy. um, And they can also teach you about that career. I think the the worst thing is to go into something that you think is going to be a certain way and it turns out to be absolutely different. So you studied or you decided to change careers, but you don't really know the day to day. So interview people. Ask people, Mm. you know, do informational interviews. What is Mm. your day like? What's your typical, you know, challenges of your day? And what do you feel, you know, you enjoy most about it? Really know, um, you know, what you're getting into (laughs) before you get into it. Yeah, I think people talk about, you know, when when you say research, do research on jobs, like, what does that mean? It means talk to people, (laughs) talk to people and just interview them. And most people, I think, are, are more than happy to say, listen, Hey Lisa, uh, you're a career counselor. Just tell me about what that's like. You know what, and more people are are absolutely you know willing to open up and tell you what their experiences are and and share. So, um, so Les, did did you have certain mentors in your life? Whether it was in actually you were kind of a a groundbreaker in your industry, but did you have mentors in that who helped you along the way as well? Actually. I didn't really have a mentor because no one really did what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, there was other dealers. One one dealer said something to me. See, the thing in my industry is most of the dealers are collectors. And I was forced to become a dealer to afford my addiction. And he, he, he told me once, and he, you know, he was absolutely right. He says, you got to put a Chinese wall up, what you mm. keep and what you sell. If you go over that wall and keep too much stuff, you're never going to make any money. So I kind of set up that wall. I mean, every now and then I might go over the wall and keep something I shouldn't, but I kind of pretty much stick to that. And, and the other the other thing is, um, 
one of the key things is just, and I tell people to this day, and I tell my own kids, and I tell anybody that's willing to listen, is just stick to your path. Stick to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like my younger son, you know, uh, he was all depressed and everything, you know, not having, uh, you know, losing a business, you know, getting screwed on a business. And he came out really, you know, you know, I'm very, very proud of him. So he came out ahead of it. But you don't, you know, there's going to be obstacles. There's going to be ups and downs. And when one door closes, another door is going to open. And ironically, the uh, COVID and the pandemic kind of opened up another door where people realized, suddenly realized that the investment potential for memorabilia, especially sports, was this kind of like a secret uh, society hmm. where people didn't um, didn't really you know, didn't know, really know how to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, so a person like myself who's been around it all his life, kind of, you know, I kind of can guide you and tell you what to collect and what not to collect, and how to how to build a collection and that, you know build a portfolio, which really it is a portfolio because eventually. You know, one day someone is going to end up selling that stuff because you can't keep, you know, we can't take it with us. We can't keep it forever. So that, that you know, I didn't have one per se mentor. Uh, there are other dealers that ha- that were a lot more financially, uh, you know, had, you know, a lawyer in Colorado is one of the major collectors in the world. And like he kind of like, uh, you know, looked at me and he was, he was very proud of me. And every now and then he'd give me, you know, say something to me and just make me think of something else to do. Mm-hmm. And like with my lectures, I just expanded that. I, and I'd love to take it on the national circuit. But right now I haven't been able to. But who knows? Maybe one day I might be able to do it because I think it's very important uh, how we protect our, our memories. Mm-hmm. Because the, the memorabilia and our memories is you know, is, is going to hopefully carry on to other generations. So they'll know what we went through. Right. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, that's something that uh, actually uh, I just, as you said that I was thought about Lisa, because another part of Lisa's portfolio, if you will, is that she works with people uh, who go through uh, grief and losses in their life. And I think that I remember, um, when you talk about how do you get through it, one of the, the comments you made was, uh, you always have memories. Those are forever. So That's true. That's true. And for the people who are listening, by the way, I don't want people to put up the obstacle of, well, I'm too old to do that. Hmm. Okay? There's so many examples of people who have changed their careers in different points of their lives. They have to believe in themselves, and they have to want to take a risk. And my husband's such a great example, and I have to mention this. He was an architect for 25 years, worked very hard in the field, saw some of the writing on the wall with that particular field. And at 44, went to law school at night, Mm. studied at night while he worked during the day, and became a lawyer. He did architectural liability defense. So he defended yeah. architects who were sued. And what a great person to do that with, right? Mm. I mean, wouldn't you want an architect who knows architecture to defend you when you're sued? So, you know, there's so many opportunities. You just have to get out of your own way. Mm-hmm. Stop letting other people say, oh, you can't do that. Or what are you doing? I mean, our own friend said, what are you doing? You're in your 40s. Why are you changing careers? But this is something he really wanted. And you have to go after what you believe in or what you want to try. Or, you know, you're going to, you don't want to live with regrets. Yeah. Okay. Nobody wants to live with regrets. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, And and there have been a number of people on on my show. People can look at, look them, look them up. Um, There are people who have changed direction, careers. I had one um, woman who who was a management training expert, uh, very successful. And, but, you know, and she she got to her fifties, and she just decided, you know what? I've done this thing. What I, I want to do, what I always love, which is be a novelist. <laughs> and so that's like really being novel. Well, she did, and she went out and uh, sort of like what Les said, with persistence of vision and resilience, she figured out her niche, and she started. She eventually, and still is now. In, uh, in her 80s, uh, producing historical mystery novels, so it can be done. You're, I think it's absolutely right. You never, you're never too old to do anything, and that's that is part of the mission of my show is to basically tell people that and and let and hear again, sort of as you point out, hear the stories of people who have done it rather than just you know me prescribe that you can do everything. I became actually, an author in twenty. Actually, a classic example. I mean. Does you know anybody know the story of Telly Savalas? 
He was a social studies, high school social studies teacher. And then he decided to go into acting. You know, that was his second career. And there's a lot of a lot of people that do things like your second, your first career is you you know you can do whatever you want. You retire, you have to make a, you have to make money. But if you can do a career all through your life that you really enjoy, and I'm 70 years old, and people say, "Les, when are you retiring?" It's just I don't know. I really can't answer that. I still love what I do. I mean, it's become it's become tedious at times. You know, it's, you know, schlepping stuff, bringing stuff, and but. The bottom the bottom line is is I, I meet people similar to myself and I really love what I do. Right. And Lisa is a classic example of someone that could bring out every this because you know because of her background as a counselor, but because she brought us all together and it, it's just a, a, a testament to her how you know how good she is at what she does and how she can help people and how we all can help people. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Les. Yeah. yeah, you got to love what you do. You got to believe in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So on that line, I mean, I, you know, so people say we, um, you know, love what you do and you never work another day in your life. But <laughs> so, th- but I know that's hard. True, though. Yeah, it's true. But, but the thing is, even if you can't find a career that pays you to love what you do, it's still worth pursuing. I think you guys are examples of that where, mm-hmm. so maybe it doesn't work out into a paying career, but it still provides a purpose in life. You know, you don't, and you're still doing loving what you do, but you say, well, okay, I'm, I'm doing what I love. And I'm also, I also have a job. Nothing wrong That's with right. that. You know? I became an author on the side. I mean, you know, I became an author and my first bereavement book was in memory of my husband. Right. And I never thought I'd be a writer. I love writing, but I never thought I'd be a writer. Right. And the two books, you know, were completely uh, fundraisers for the Lost mm-hmm. Garden Foundation of Pancreatic Cancer, which is where he died from. So, you know, that just happened to me. And sometimes in your circumstances, you have to just overcome and you have to continue your life. This one is because I know after all the people I've seen, all the workshops I've presented and all the individuals from different parts of you know society, I know how important it is Mm -hmm. that we all learn from each other and that we learn the lessons from each other. And that we also have a chance to discover people don't even think about you know, well, what would I like? Or what am I good at? What do I enjoy? What What am I willing to try? You know, um, and nobody asked them either. I right. once asked a group, so where do you get your career counseling from? And they looked at me like, what are you asking me? Nobody's ever asked me that because nobody right. ever gave me any career counseling. I just did what I was supposed to do. Right. And that's yeah. what, you know, they've said. Yeah. Yeah. Now, are so there have been a lot of shifts happening. I think that you know, uh, obviously, the pandemic changed a lot of behavior in the in the workplace. Um, um, so, uh, how how are employers responding to this in terms of people, you know, shifting careers and um, are, are they looking for people who have that kind of flexibility? They actually, there was a LinkedIn article that the gaps in in your uh, you know working and all was an indication that you actually took a step back and were thinking more seriously about your career and reevaluating yourself. And they thought that was a good thing. Now, you know, for those of us who are concerned about how it's going to look and da, 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 you know, I think that now it's more normal. It's more usual. People are taking care of older people, younger people. There's a lot of reasons why people leave and then come back. But when they come back, I think they're more readily able to understand what they're good at or what they would love. And maybe, you know, that second career will be even better than the first one. But what they have to do, here's what's important in the marketing world. What they have to do is stand out and sell themselves. And the way to do that is you brand yourself. Who am I? What's my value? Why am I different from all the other people who are maybe, quote, doing the same thing? How do how am I different? And if you can't answer that question, there's a problem. You mm-hmm. need to show what your value is. Why would I, you know, why would an employer hire me? You know, what is it about me that I can offer? And you need to be very clear about that. So everything you do, again, it doesn't even have to be based on the jobs. It can be based on your interests, your your clubs. It can be based on things that you've done with your kids because you've been a leader and PTAs or whatever. There's so many skills you have and people overlook them because mm-hmm. they don't understand that they have value. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's understanding yourself and taking the time to do that. I think that, um, uh, again, uh, when I graduated from college, I I didn't take a gap years, but I, I took a job that I, I knew would not be my uh, ultimate job, but just to gain a little perspective. And then I did that for 
longer than I thought. I always wanted to be a writer, but the, the job I had was actually doing research for a, a fundraising campaign, which was a totally different kind of writing and, and research reporting capability that that I later took into my career as as a journalist. And I think that sometimes people miss out by not having that kind of resilience uh, and and taking a chance to to try something else before they uh, you know keep grinding away at their job. So. Anyway, um, so folks, uh, you know, the time goes fast. Uh, we're going to have to wrap up the show. But before we end, I just wanted to give you guys an opportunity. First, Lisa, and then uh, Les, tell me uh, how, how can people get in touch with you, uh, find out more about your your work and your programs and workshops and so forth. Sure. So let me start with two um, websites. One is the book website, which is www.discoveryourownpath.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the other is my company, a Go Career Compass, which is www.gocareercompass.com. And both have lots of information. Uh, the book is also on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, but it can be purchased through me directly. Um, and my phone number is 631-839-6226. And my email is lisa at gocareercompass.com. I also have um, a YouTube channel. Okay. Since bereavement, those of you who are going through the loss of someone... Um, and also uh, Precious Life and right. her life. Right. You have to really live it to the fullest. Good. Let me squeeze less in here. Go ahead, yep. Les. <laughs> okay. Easy. Go to my website, www.leswolf.com, or you can email me, lwolf, W-O-L-F-F, 1823 at AOL. And for our special listeners, anybody that follows or purchases the book, send me an email. And some pictures, I'm happy to do a free estimate of value, what I think, if you have trash or treasure. Or you can even call me, 516-933-7787. You can follow me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. I'm all over that. Any questions, anything you want to send me, send me some pictures. I love seeing the pictures, seeing what people have. And I love helping people. Great. Once again, Ron, it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to to be on with you. Thank you so much, Ron, for this opportunity. And and what makes it even more of... uh, icing on the cake is being being around lisa and being great. able to help okay. her is great thank you Les. folks really okay it's all right we gotta go but i really appreciate it, guys so um uh, be sure to join me next week uh but until then keep moving forward 45 forward thank you for tuning in to 45 forward please join your host ron roel for another great show next monday at 12 noon pacific time and 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america variety channel We wish you a great week.